Welcome to 321 iRelaunch. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of iRelaunch, the industry leader in career reentry resources. In each episode of 321 iRelaunch, we'll be speaking with guest experts in the career reentry space to help make your transition back to work smooth and successful. And today, we are talking to a relaunch dad about his return to work experience. We're really excited to welcome Dave Carty as our guest. In 2000, Dave left his job as an international business development manager with Best Foods Corporation, now part of Unilever. What was supposed to be a short-term hiatus from the workforce turned into 13 years as an at-home parent of three young children housekeeper, coach, volunteer, school trustee, and treasurer, as well as the occasional part-time work in the mortgage and construction industries. In 2013, Dave returned to work as Director of Strategic Initiatives at Kent Place School in Summit, New Jersey. And we're happy to have Dave with us today to talk about his experiences. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Carol. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have this conversation because uh, we know that uh, by and large, it's harder for us to get men to tell their return to work success stories. And we have a very small number of them that are represented in our over 200 return to work success stories on the irelaunch.com website. And Dave's is one of them. And so we're really excited to have, have you here to just hear more details about um, your experience and how you made that transition back. So could you tell us a little bit about how you decided to take the career break while you were working? Sure, uh, be glad to. So uh, I guess we have to go back to the 1990s. Uh, and at the time, uh, my wife at the time and myself, we were your sort of classic uh, two-career couple. Um, my ex-wife was in the PR industry, and I was in international marketing and business development, uh, and it was fantastic. Lots of travel, lots of trips, endless frequent flyer miles, traveling on corporate expense accounts. It really was a fantastic job, um, and it stayed that way for a number of years until children came. <laughs> and then, uh, as we all know, uh, children are all-consuming, um, and my job took me out of the country uh, 40 to 50% of the year, which meant uh, when I wasn't home, um, my wife was responsible for not only her career, but taking care of not one, but two infants. We had twins right off the bat. Wow. So it, it became very difficult. And uh, we quickly went into the babysitter nanny world and, and had that. Um, but it was still very difficult because even when I had to travel, it, it was uh, one person taking care of two children, and it, it just didn't seem very sustainable. Um, so after about two and a half years of trying that, um, you know, we had the hard decision or the hard discussion, and we looked at, uh, you know, w w which person does it make more sense to take off from their career? And at the time. Uh, my wife was earning substantially more money than I was, and the economics were pretty clear that I would stay at home with the kids, uh, at least until they got to school age, and then uh, she would uh, continue to work full-time. So that's how the decision was made 
that um, I would be the one to stay at home and take care of the kids. And I must admit, I really did relish it. Um, even when I was working, I loved it when the babysitter was sick and couldn't make it because it meant I had to take off from work to take the kids to the playground and meet the other stay-at-home moms. And it yeah. was really pleasant. And uh, it, it was a difficult choice to make, but it, it just it felt right. It felt like absolutely the right choice. Wow, that, that is great and great to hear. And you kind of segued into my next question, which was, how did you feel when you were on your career break? And I guess the, um, the, the real question there is, did it feel the same when you were in that role 100% of the time as opposed to, uh, you know, being in that role when, for example, the nanny was sick that day? So I think the answer is yes. Um, the I thoroughly enjoyed the hard work that it is, not only parenting, but sort of I decided if I was going to do this, I was going to do it all in, right? I was going to do the cooking. Mm -hmm. I was going to do the laundry. Um, I sort of, it was a point of pride that, no, I'm doing this on my own and I'll, I'll take the same sort of organization and um, skills that I would apply to a sales and marketing job and put them towards the home and the kids. So, you know, organize the play dates, organize the doctor visits, do the shopping. At one point, in order to make the grocery shopping more efficient, um, I actually went to the supermarket and got what's called a planogram, which is the way they lay out their groceries. <laughs> and I created my That's list great in accordance with the way the supermarket was laid out. So I could be in and out of the supermarket in 10 minutes with two kids in tow. So I- What a great idea. Yeah, I'm gonna, that's gonna be a, a chapter one. in a future book. Um, <laughs> that's great. But I, and I loved it. I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, it was physically exhausting work. Uh, it was, mm -hmm. you know, you're up early. You know, when you have twins, someone's always up through the night. You're up at six. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they don't go to bed till, you know, seven, eight, sometimes nine o'clock at night. You have an hour to yourself and then you do it all over again. Uh, but while I was physically exhausted, I never had that mental exhaustion, you know, that you get from your mm. corporate job or your, your day mm -hmm. job, as people like to say. But it was physically exhausting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how old were the kids at that time? So they were started? two and a half when mm -hmm. I stopped working. However, <laughs> shortly after that, we had our third child, uh, and mm -hmm. I had our. I was caring for my third child from the time she was an infant. So two kids that were three, one who was an infant, and I was wow. you know pushing them in a double stroller and a baby Bjorn strapped to me and uh, up and down the sidewalks. And you know we live in an urban area, so fortunately I didn't have to deal with cars or car seats that much. But I put mm -hmm. a lot of miles. I wore out a lot of strollers. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I loved it. Uh, got in very good shape pushing the kids around town. Mm, um, that's yeah, very good. Um, so, can you talk to us about at what point did it become apparent to you that you were really ready to at least start thinking about returning to work? And what was that process like? And you're also a career transitioner right. in addition to a relauncher, so. How did you come around to figuring out what you wanted to transition into? So there was a lot of time between what I just spoke about and when the moment of, you know what, it feels like it's the right time to go back to work. And that was probably about seven years uh, because mm -hmm. you know, you, you've got little ones and 
you've got to get them into school and then school is only a half day. Uh, mm -hmm. And even once, and I started working part-time, uh, but even once you drop kids off at school at 8 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning, then you've got to return to pick them up by 2.30. You don't have a whole lot of time to get to work and get all the housework done and stuff like that. So nice. for, a lot, uh, for a lot of time, it was part-time work, uh, the construction industry, the mortgage industry. Um, and I was using that time to sort of feel out, well, what do I want to do when it's time to go back to work? Um, and I, mm -hmm. I kind of purposely was trying out lots of different part-time jobs. I had a pretty good feeling I did not want to go back into international sales and marketing. I just was mm -hmm. done with the traveling. I was done living jet lagged. Uh, and I didn't want to miss my kids' childhoods. So the heavy travel jobs were out. So that, mm -hmm. then I started tapping into some of my other skills, you know, real estate, construction. Um, and I would say by the time the kids were approaching high school, that was when I decided, you know what, it's time, the oldest two, because the younger one was in sixth grade, that was time right. to start seriously thinking about what my next full-time career is going to be. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And so, you know, I also remember from my own relaunch that I had to go through that process of contemplating the question, should I go back to work seriously enough that all of a sudden I realized that it was going to be time for me. Maybe for me, it was two years out from when I came to the definitive realization. Um, so, but, you know, seven years is, is an experience that I think a, a number of our, many of our listeners will uh, relate to um, because it's just such an evolutionary process and there are so many factors involved that don't just involve you, the relauncher, but all the various family members. So Well, it's, it's true. It's, it's true, Carol. And yeah. what I think, what, what I never contemplated, but what you realize happens when you decide you're going to have one parent as a stay-at-home parent, and I'm only speaking from my own uh, personal experience, mm -hmm. you know, you, you rely on that one person to do everything, right? I mean, little things, yes. it's going to sound silly, the dry cleaning, the laundry, the walking the dog, the, take the kids to the doctor visits, the vet visits. You can't work full time and do all that stuff. And if, mm -hmm. if you have it in your head that, no, no, we do this ourselves, we don't farm that out to a dog walker or to a nanny. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that. I eventually wound up doing that uh, with my mm -hmm. youngest daughter when I returned back to work. But until you, you wrap your head around the fact, oh, yes, in order for me to go back to work, I now have to farm out all this other stuff that I have been doing all this time. Mentally, you don't have your head around going back to work full time. There really is an evolution and a thought process that has to take place. What do I need to have in place at home in order to go back to work full time? Exactly. Very well articulated. I can relate to every word. Um, so how did you figure out ultimately that you wanted to be involved in some sort of a, an academic institution and and that's the strategy role that you ended up in? Was that also an evolutionary process or was there some light bulb moment that went off that clarified it for you? What happened there? So, yeah, good question. A couple of things. I remember about 20 years ago, a friend of mine uh, who was involved in um, in a business, uh, and he was, came to me and wanted to know if I wanted to join him in the business, said, you know, if you had your, your dream job, what would it be? And I said, a high school history teacher and a basketball coach. And then I just sort of mm -hmm. dropped that and went on with my career and thought, yeah, well, that's a dream. Mm -hmm. 
But now, mm -hmm. you know, three years ago, five years ago, when I was looking to go back into the workforce, I began to think to myself, all right, whatever I go to do for the next 15, maybe 20 years, it better be something I love. It better be something my heart is in. I had spent an awful lot of time involved with my kids' school while I was home as a stay-at-home. Mm -hmm. First as just a regular volunteer, then I was asked to run for the board, then I was asked to be the treasurer, and the school happened to go through an awful lot of growth. So I, was, I had a ringside seat with the administration of the school for lots of growth, lots of construction projects, lots of strategic planning for the school, and I really, mm. really liked it, and I felt like I was good at it. You know, I had a formal business training. I had been to business school, so I was able to bring a lot of those skills uh, to the business office um, in an education setting. Um, and then when it was time to go back to work, when I started reaching out to people, they're looking at me and you're like, you've been doing this for free. Why don't you now get paid for it? And I was like, mm -hmm. ooh, okay, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe <laughs> I could actually have a career in education. So right. that's what got me starting to look in the world of education. I see. Yeah. And... Um, at some point, I remember speaking with you, and you said you had gone through a number of interviews. Where, maybe it was a number, maybe it was one here or there, where you could tell that people were just not comfortable with you um, coming off of a role as as a man, frankly, who was a stay at home dad. And I just wanted to know if you could talk about that piece a little bit and what that felt like and what the interview, what the conversation was like, and then how you made a decision afterward about how you're going to approach employers where that conversation happened. Yeah. Well, I, I think there is, um, I think that bias sort of does exist uh, in the in the world, period, right? That, uh, and this is going to sound horribly old fashioned, right? But uh, you know, a man's role is out in the work scene and, and the mom mm -hmm. stays home and take care of the kids. So, you know, there are mm -hmm. certainly in any population, there are people who think that way and there are people who don't think mm -hmm. that way. Um, and certainly in the interview process, you're going to meet people who think that way. Um, mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think in, especially in the private sector, because I did, I did interview in some private sector jobs of finance and marketing. Uh, and I, I think sometimes they were looking at me like, you know, I don't get you. You know, I don't understand mm -hmm. you. Why, why would you have done that? Right. You have a mm -hmm. you have an MBA and you had this great career and you haven't done anything for 13 years. Mm -hmm. um, however, it was through uh, the iRelaunch conference that I attended that, you know, you really you're taught to realize the things you did while you're home are really valuable and the skills are super mm -hmm. transferable. So I began to catalog all of my volunteer work, which was quite extensive. You know, Cub Scout mm -hmm. leader, um, you know, CCD teacher at my church, um, the trustee and treasurer at the school. Um, mm -hmm. And you can start cataloging, making a list of skills that, well, I wasn't getting paid for these things. My skills were, were being uh, maintained and were being sharpened the whole time I was at home. But you don't mm -hmm. think to uh, highlight those because you're you're on the defensive trying to justify why you left the workforce in the first place. That's such an excellent point. I'm really glad that you um, brought that up because it's instructive um, for all the relaunchers out there who have done substantive volunteer work that that, as Dave is mentioning, um, you know, keeps skills sharp, develops skills, but is also legitimate resume material uh, especially, you, you know, depending on what jobs you're applying for. I'm guessing as you eventually uh, navigated over to the academic institution um, 
world and looking for um, job opportunities there that the volunteer work that you had in the educational environments became more and more relevant. Absolutely. Um, and and then once he, once I had the idea that I wanted to um, go and have a career in the education world, I started looking for additional volunteer work in the education world. So I had all this experience as the trustee and treasurer um, at my children's independent school, but I also reached out through a contact I had um, at a local college and I volunteered in their advancement office. And uh, it was, you know, it got me into the advancement office. It got me a number of professional contacts. Uh, it was a resume builder. I could put a college on my transcript or on my resume. Um, I learned the various softwares that were used. So I just continue to build my volunteer skills. So when I was sitting in front of uh, people who had jobs that I was seriously interested in, I could point to, well, you know, I wasn't not doing anything while I was home. I was actually very uh -huh. active. Um, I was I was sort of building a story that would that would justify me uh, getting a position in the organization I had hoped to be in. Mm -hmm. And um, when you started having the interviews at the Kent Place School, where you ultimately were hired, um, was hired. What what was that process like? And did what clicked for you? And what could you tell? Um, were the, the conversations that became meaningful that led to your hiring? Uh, well, I think, first of all, it was extremely thorough. <laughs> I, uh, mm -hmm. I interviewed with, oh, it must have been six or seven people um, mm -hmm. multiple times over the course of about three months. Uh, and fortunately, it was um, a world that I was very familiar with because it was part of the independent school world uh, in New Jersey, which is where I was a trustee and treasurer. Um, my school was aware of the school where I was a trustee was aware, obviously, of, of this school in New Jersey and vice versa. So it, it was a world where people knew each other. For example, if you went from bank A to bank B, uh, the people at bank A who know, oh, yeah, if he came from bank B, you know, he must be OK. Uh, he, mm -hmm. it, it does. It gets you in the door. It doesn't get you the job, yes. but it gets you in the door. So the same thing, I think, if. You know, oh, if, if he was a trustee and the treasurer at this school, well, you, you know, we, we know uh, that says something about his background and his skills. So, so that was very, very useful. Um, but I think more importantly, uh, the my time as a stay at home uh, parent was not seen as a negative. It was seen as, a, I think, a strength uh, mm -hmm. coupled with the, you know, very strategic and thoughtful volunteer work I had done in the edu education world. Um, and I just got the sense that, yes, this is a place that gets me, it gets my background, it gets my, uh, my reasoning for why I did what I did, and mm -hmm. it understands why I'm sitting in the office today interviewing with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that's important, that's you know, not to, not to yes. bang your head against a wall trying to convince people who are not receptive to your story, your skill set, but find the place where people are going to say, yeah, we get that. Right. And um, was the idea that the you would be an educational institution with an academic calendar that was 
similar to your kids' academic calendar a factor for you, or was that just an additional benefit? It was an additional benefit, although as an administrator, I am a 12-month employee, uh, so I don't mm -hmm. get the full summers mm -hmm. off, but, uh, mm -hmm. but the schedule is quite good. Uh, there are you know, good vacation benefits, and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and my kids are much older now. I've got two in college and one in high school. Uh, so being in sync with their academic schedule is not uh, as important as it was perhaps five right. or six years ago. And can you tell us a little bit more about what it was like in those first few months back on the job and what it's like now with some hindsight because you've been there, I mean, either almost three years. Almost three years, coming up on my yes. three full year anniversary. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so because we don't always have the opportunity to um, speak with relaunchers who've been back for a period of time where they can now, um, you know, in hindsight, reflect on the experience. So um, do you remember what it was like those first few months? And were there any technology issues or just simply being back in a work routine issue that took some adjustment um, in terms of you know, also the transitional piece of having the kids getting used to you working again and having them know that, you know, if they left something at home that day, you were at work and weren't necessarily available to bring it to them. So they have to get ready the night before. Like, can you just talk about some of those transitional pieces and your first few months? On the sure. Job? Well, first of all, I think uh, I was walking on clouds for the first few weeks. Yeah, I'm like, yes, back because it, it, it took a while to get the job. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think from start to finish, I was in it for about nine months with a couple of, yeah. you know, near misses at various schools. So I was elated when I got the job. And the fact like, mm -hmm. all right, after 13 years, you know, I, I'm, I'm back in the workforce. And that was wonderful. And I loved getting up yeah. and I loved digging in and learning about the school and learning about my job responsibilities. Um, trying to cover off on that little but very important thing you mentioned of, you know, dad, I forgot my trumpet at home or, you know, mm -hmm. I forgot my lunch. Like, yeah, right. I was yeah. the, I was the de facto, oh, I'll run that down to you. I'll run that down to you. And that couldn't uh -huh. happen anymore, but that was fine. You know, the, the kids just mm -hmm. had to deal with that. And like I said, they were, they were older at, at this point. Um, right. but it's funny you, you hit the nail on the head with one thing technology actually proved to be, um, I think, the weakest part of my transition back to work. And not so mm -hmm. much with the technology that the general public uses. For example, uh, you know, Excel or, mm -hmm. um, you know, email, you know, general things like that. Right. But very specific technology to the institution. So, you know, we are a Google Doc institution, and I didn't know a thing about Google Docs, and I had to learn mm -hmm. Google Docs very quickly. Uh, not a hard thing, but you know, you, you right. have to learn something brand new that you don't yeah. know how to use. Um, mm -hmm. There were other technology uh, things that, the, that other people at school were using. I think part of it was it was what the institution uses, and I just didn't have experience using it. And part of it was you know, my age bracket, right? I mean, I, was, mm -hmm. I remember uh, meeting a guy at one of my first corporate jobs who was a Lotus 123 guy, and he couldn't get XL. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I felt like I was the dinosaur using Word and Excel, um, you know, at, at, at these things. So that was, that took a while. And I am still spending a lot of time mastering new technology as the school comes out or as it comes out in the school. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think that can be underestimated when you go back to work is, you know, master all of the systems and technologies that are in place where you are or else, uh, you know, you'll stand out as you'll stand out for not knowing it.
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then on the flip side, did you feel that when you were back, um, because of your age, your relative age to the staff, that um, they did they treat you any differently? Um, did they treat you? Did they come to you for advice? Like, what was that part of the relationship like? And did you have an age disparity with the staff? Well, there's a uh, there's a variety of um, of age groups <laughs> at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think that um, I had people coming to me for advice um, about specific school-related technical matters because I simply didn't have the the content, the historical mm-hmm. knowledge, the institutional knowledge to really comment effectively on it. Uh, right. th- there might have been sort of non-school-related things that I could bring mm-hmm. a, a different life perspective to. Um, mm-hmm. And, but, but part of that also requires the confidence to share that. When you're new in an organization and you know you're new and you know you don't have a lot of the institutional knowledge, and many of the people where I work have been at the school uh, for quite some time, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, they have a mm-hmm. wealth of institutional knowledge. You, you feel a little um, hesitant to want to mm-hmm. share your opinions just because you're not sure um, that they don't already have it covered. Uh, right. But as I, I find myself now at year three, definitely feeling more comfortable voicing opinion, sharing points of view, because I do feel like I, I have more of the institutional knowledge to be uh, to benefit uh, the organization. Mm-hmm. And what has life been like on the home front now that you're back, um, your kids are older? Um, are there any other transitional issues that have occurred longer term, or do you feel that people pretty much slipped into this new routine and got used to it, and dad works full-time now, and that was... Well, it's funny. Yeah. I think people slipped into the routine pretty well. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, my, my kids don't really remember when I worked. They just remember me as dad. So mm-hmm. as I'm now in the workforce and I'm making contacts and then also uh, restoring some of my old contacts, the kids are like, wow, there's this whole side of dad we never knew existed before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're finding photos of me from my previous career and they're like, wow, that was you, dad, you used to dress up like that. So little <laughs> things like that uh, are right. very funny. It's like, yeah, dad had a life, you know, before, <laughs> before he had the life of taking care of you. He had a totally right. different life. And, you know, I describe it um, when I tell people uh, that I, I view this as kind of phase three. Phase one was that first 10-year, 12-year block of my career where I did the international sales and marketing. Phase two was the stay-at-home, take care of the kids, which was, you know, full-time plus-plus, a you know, 24-7 mm-hmm. job. And now phase three, which I think is going to carry me through retirement, uh, mm-hmm. whenever that is, 15, 20 years from now, Um so, yeah, I think the transition has been wonderful. The kids have totally embraced uh, me going back to work. Of course, two of them are in college now, and, and one is at a boarding school. Uh, so it's, it's been wonderful uh, for everybody, uh, and I think they like seeing Dad working. <laughs> that's terrific, and that's probably a great place for us to finish. And so I did want to ask you um, one final question and that is if you have a favorite piece of relaunch advice uh, to share, um, even if it re- repeats something that you already said during this interview. Sure. So I think 
The most important thing I would say to any relauncher is network, 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 you know, build your network, figure out, you don't even know who your network is, but believe me, you have a network through your volunteer activity, a lot of coffees, a lot of dinners, a lot of brainstorming with friends, and literally write up the list of who your network is, and then use the network. I think we have a a tendency when we're a stay-at-home parent uh, you know, we don't want to bother somebody. We don't want to ask for favors. Mm-hmm. But I think it's expected when you are looking for a job that you will ask anybody and everybody who you think can help you for any advice, tips, referrals. So, yeah, network, network, and then use the network. Right. Well, thank you very much. That is excellent advice. And I'm so glad that you acknowledge that piece about people feeling concerned about bothering someone and how it's okay to have that conversation. That's such an important point. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your incredible return to work success story. And um, we're, we've just been thrilled to have you. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Be sure to visit us at irelaunch.com in order to get the most important tools and resources for returning to work. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at info at irelaunch.com and be sure to visit our website, irelaunch.com.